Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come now to a time of opening up Your Word, Lord, I pray that, Lord, You would open our ears to hear. Lord, as Jesus often proclaimed as He taught these parables in which we are looking at, Lord, He who has ears to hear, let Him hear. Lord, today, by the power of Your Holy Spirit, And this message that we have before us, Lord, give everyone here ears to hear. Lord, if there be one here today who is lost, who is walking the road to eternal destruction, Lord, give him ears, give him her ears to hear today, O Lord. To turn away from that path and turn to the righteousness, to the salvation that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Oh Lord, teach us obedience. Teach us to love You. Honor You. Because of Your message of salvation that You give to us. Bless us this day, O Lord, and be glorified by our listening. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to Matthew. Matthew chapter 13, verses 47 through 50 this morning. Matthew chapter 13, verses 47 through 50. As we look at the parable of the net this morning, continuing our run through the kingdom parables, looking at the parable of the net this morning. Now, I know some people have asked the question, now why has Brother Richard recorded himself? All right? It's for a class, all right? So, it's for a class. I'm just going to leave it at that. I've got a class coming up, and that's why I'm recording myself. No other reason, all right? So, Matthew chapter 13 Verse 47 through 50, and if you have found your place there, stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. Hear the word of the Lord. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. May the Lord add blessings to the reading of His holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And may He write its eternal truth on all our hearts. And you may be seated. Well, as we have been working our way through these kingdom parables, uh, we're working towards the end of those in this chapter. Uh, And after this chapter, we may probably break. I've got another plan for another uh, series coming up with the uh, Reformation. We've got the 500th year uh, anniversary of the Reformation coming up. So I want to do a, a series on the solas of the Reformation. You'll understand what that means in the days to come. Uh, but we're kind of wrapping this up, and then I may come back to some more of the kingdom 
uh, parables in Matthew uh, later on, but uh, that's where we're headed right now. Today we are in this kingdom parable, the parable of the net. And this, this parable actually ends a small little series here that Jesus has been going through. Of course, Jesus has been teaching in parables now. He started at the beginning of chapter 13. Matthew noted that he began to speak to them in parables, and we've just had parable after parable after parable throughout Matthew chapter 13. But here at the end of Matthew chapter 13, uh, even starting with the parable of the weeds explained all the way down to this parable, Matthew kind of groups these together. You have there in the first one there, he ends with the, with the explanation of the weeds. He ends with that. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then down in this parable, we end with a, a like sentence. Well, actually the same sentence. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But then in the middle here, what we looked at last week, we have the kingdom, the parable of the hidden treasure and the parable of the pearl of great value or the pearl of great price. And so really at the heart of the issue here, what, what Jesus is really bringing out, what Matthew as a writer, as he records this, what he wants to bring out here is the great value of the kingdom. And he's putting that in contrast with hell, what is to still yet to come? He wants to show us the, the, the glory of God's kingdom. God's kingdom is like the pearl of great price. Uh, it, it's like the treasure hidden in the field while hell is a place of misery, a place of sorrow. And he wants us to see, in contrast to hell, the great and wonderful value of God's kingdom. And so what he is really trying to do here, he's trying to, to break our perspective. Because as human beings, we have a tendency to, to focus on the temporal the temporary. We have a temporary perspective. And so we, we look at what, what's happening today, what's, what's happening in our life right now, where we're headed in this life, but we don't look ahead. We don't think about eternity. And the gospel wants to break that. We need to snap out of the temporal perspective we need to realize an eternal perspective. We need to look ahead to what is yet to come because, dear friend, it will come. Are you ready for its coming? That's what Jesus is asking you today. So here, as we, we look at this today, here's the, the message in a sentence. Prepare for the end for then the wicked will be gathered for destruction but the righteous in Christ for eternal life let me say that again dear friend prepare for the end for then at the end the wicked will be gathered for eternal destruction 
but the righteous who are in Christ Jesus for eternal life. So let's look at this parable and, and dig into it this morning. Again, we're looking at the, uh, I'm just going to break it down like we've been breaking it down. The explanation, the interpretation, and then the application. The explanation, the interpretation, and finally the, ap- the application. So first of all, let's look at the explanation. The explanation. Here Jesus again is telling them a parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a net. Now let's remember the setting in which Jesus is in. You remember at the very beginning, in fact, let's just turn back there real quick to uh, verse 1, verse 1, 2, and 3. We get the setting that the, the parables are being spoken in. That same day, Jesus went out of the house. Now, it doesn't say exactly whose house, but in context here and what we know in other uh, Gospels, we can kind of guess that this is perhaps Peter's house, Simon Peter's house. Jesus liked to hang out there a good bit. So uh, it's, it's possible that this is Simon Peter's house that he is, in which he's staying. The same day Jesus went out of the house and sat, sat beside the sea. Now, what is the sea? The sea is the Sea of Galilee. That's where Jesus did a lot of his ministry, right there around the Sea of Galilee. And that's where he is. He's there by the sea. And great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down and the whole crowd stood on the beach and he told them many things in parables. So Jesus is there. He comes out of Simon Peter's house. He goes down to the water because this is a a fishing community. This is a fishing community. Uh, This is where, that's that's their business. They they go out into the sea and they catch fish. And then they bring it out of the sea and they're close to the the bank of the sea, the shore of the sea. They'll have markets set up so that people can come by and, and buy the fish off of the market that the fishermen go out every day and catch. And so Jesus is speaking to them in and common language. He's using a common practice that this, this place, this people to whom he is speaking, this is something that they know. It's something that they know every aspect of. And so Jesus, he gets in this boat, he pushes out uh, from the shore a little piece to, to keep the crowd off of him a bit, to get out there so they can see him and hear him. And he tells them a parable of the net the net and that's the that's the setting in which Jesus is speaking now the net that Jesus is talking about here is a drag net it is a drag net you you can see Jesus sitting there possibly in Peter's boat and as he begins this parable he says the kingdom of heaven is like a net Right? And he picks up the net, and he shows it to the crowd, and he really draws them into what he is teaching them. Now, the particular net that Jesus is talking about here is a drag net, a drag net. Now, we may, you know, we kind of have this in mind, being from Louisiana, we, we kind of know about sh- shrimp boats, right? Shrimp boats use drag nets of sorts. 
And nowadays, shrimp boats, they have the big long arms that go out on either side of the boat, and the nets drop down from these big long arms, and, and they're weighted on the bottom so that the bottom of the net drags the bottom of the, the sea there, the, the river or wherever they're, they're uh, happen to be dragging. And then the arms are kind of right across the top. And so that everything that is in front of the net gets caught up in the net, and then they drag it in. Well, it's similar. That's similar to what Jesus is talking about here. It's a dragnet, and I've got a picture there on the slide that kind of shows one of these types of dragnets. This type of a dragnet would have wood across the top of it. The wood would, would make the top of the net float on top of the sea. And then on the bottom, there were uh, some kind of weights, like that in the picture that shows stones. And that's probably what they had during that, that age and time. It was probably some stones that they had made, and somehow or some other, they, they attached them to the bottom of the net so that the net sat on the bottom of the sea, and it floated on top of the sea. And then you had two boats that would go out together, and they would kind of string this net out across the, the lane there, out across the, the sea there there and then they would begin to to sail to the shore slowly sailing to the shore and once they got up to the shore then the fishermen would get out of the boats and they would drag the nets up onto the shore and everything all the fish all the trash everything that happened to be in front of the net when they drug it up to the shore would come up to shore with the net and so the, then the fishermen then would go to the shore and they would begin to separate out the good fish from the trash and the trash fish. Now, a lot of you are fishermen. And you know what I mean by saying trash fish. Even when we go out and we go fishing, uh, we go out and we like to catch bass and crappie or white perch, whatever you call them. Uh, we like to catch catfish. Uh, brim you know that's the good fish we like those to eat but then there's grinnell there's jackfish uh, all those kind of fish that uh, gar there's another one uh, those are trash fish they're really not good to eat they're not good for much of anything and so what happens to those kind of fish even when we catch them we usually discard them Often not, we don't want to throw them back in the water because they, they may hurt the other fish. And so we'll throw them out on the bank or, 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 you know, throw them to the coons or whatever, right? And so we get rid of those fish. Those are trash fish. We don't need those fish. And the same was, uh, uh, the same for us is for them. They had good fish, fish that were good for eating, Good for human consumption, but then there was trash fish, fat, tr fish that were fatty and bony and just not good for much of anything. And so the fishermen would set out, uh, set out there on the bank and they would separate out all the fish. And the good fish they would put into containers and the bad fish they would discard. They would throw away. They wouldn't send it back out in the sea because they didn't want to catch it again. They would just throw it away. They would discard it. And so that's the, the imagery that Jesus is giving to his audience, and his audience understands that imagery. So that's the explanation. Now, let's talk about the interpretation, and Jesus gives us the interpretation here. Look at it again. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like 
the net, like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. Jesus is interpreting this parable right here before us. This is how it's going to be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them, throw the evil, into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so here in the interpretation we see the setting The setting is not the Sea of Galilee. The setting here is the end of the age. You see, Jesus wants to break them out of the the temporal mindset. You're focused on the here and now, but I want you to see what's coming at the end of the age. What is yet to come. Get your mind off of today's woes and worries. Get your mind off of what might happen tomorrow and look to the end of the age. And the Son of Man will return. He says, at the end of the age, this will happen. Now again, let's look then at the fishermen. The fishermen. The fishermen here are the angels. The fishermen are the angels. The angels will come out and separate. And so we see, we have the imagery here that Jesus is going to send out his angels, and his angels will come, and and they will be the fishermen who draw in the eternal net of God. And dear friend, they're not just going to come and, and, and kind of net through a part of the earth, they're going to come and they're going to cast their net over the whole earth. And all of mankind is going to be caught up in their net. No one's going to escape. No one's going to get out of their net. The angels are coming to reap the harvest as we saw in the parable of the weeds. They're going to come and gather all of mankind together for that day. Dear friend, let me show you another example of this. In Revelation chapter 14, Jesus there gives uh, the Apostle John another vision of this day. Revelation chapter 14, verse 14, Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and seated on the cloud, one like a son of man, with a golden crown on his head, and a sharp sickle in his hand. And another angel came out of the temple, that is the temple of God there in heaven, calling with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Put in your sickle and reap, for the hour to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is fully ripe. So he sat on the cloud and swung his sickle across the earth, and the earth was reaped. 
Now you see what we have in that paragraph is the, the image of the reaping of the saints into the kingdom. That is the Son of Man going down from heaven and He is calling in His, his children, His followers. Come up here. Join me. And He's taking up those who have surrendered their life to the King up out of the earth. Then in verse 17, then another angel came out of the temple in heaven. And he too had a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar. And the angel who has authority over the fire. And he called with a loud voice to the one who had the sharp sickle, put in your sickle and gather the clusters from the vine of the earth, for its grapes are ripe. So the angel swung his sickle across the earth and gathered the grape harvest of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden outside the city. And the, flow, the blood flowed from the winepress as high as a horse's bridle for 100 or 1,600 stadia. That is 184 miles. You get the image? The Son of Man, He comes and He reaps the harvest. He gathers His, His elect up to heaven. He calls them out of the earth. He gathers them into His kingdom. And then the other angel goes out and harvests the, the grapes for the great, great winepress of the wrath of God. This is the day of judgment. And there's a great separation. A separation from the children of God and the children of man. A separation of, of those who have surrendered to the King, King Jesus, and those who continued in their rebellion. And those who had surrendered to Christ, they were taken up into glory to live eternity in God's kingdom. But those who rejected the King, those who remained in rebellion, they're separated out. And they're tossed in the winepress of the fury of God's wrath. And God crushes them in His wrath. You see, that's the same imagery. That's the same message that Jesus is teaching here in this passage. You see, the angels, they come out and they gather all of the people of the earth. They send out their nets across the entire earth and they catch every human being, every soul that has ever lived on this earth. And they gather them up together. And then notice that the catch is separated. The catch is separated. And the evil is the evil of the earth is separated out to destruction. They're separated out to destruction. 
Look there in verse, the last part of verse 49 and verse 50. And the angels came out and separate, to, and separate the evil from the righteous. And they throw them. That them is the evil ones. They throw the evil into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's the same thing that Jesus said about the weeds up there in verse uh, 20, uh, 42. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And notice there, there's not just a, a little weeping and then it's gone. It's a weeping that continues and continues and continues. It never stops. And the gnashing of teeth, we don't use that word very often in our day, do we? But the gnashing of teeth is the grinding of the teeth in absolute agony. Think about the old westerns that you used to watch on TV. Guy gets shot in the arm and his buddy comes out and we got to get the bullet out. So he comes and he heats up the knife in the fire there and he gets ready. There's no, no anesthesia, nothing like that. He gets him a stick or a piece of leather and he says, bite on this and begins to dig in for the bullet, right? And what's that stick for? What's that piece of leather for? It's to keep him from gnawing the teeth, right? To, from, from gnashing the teeth together. From grinding them in sheer agony as the pain of the bullet is dug out of his shoulder. I want you to see that's, the, that's what Jesus is saying hell is like. It's a fiery furnace. I mean, who knows if it's a true fire or not? That, that's debatable. But the point is that, that Jesus, when he thinks about human torment, the the most horrible thing that he can come up with, the most horrible thing that, that we can imagine is burning in a fire. Burning in a fire. Think about it. That fire never ends. That kind of torment, that kind of agony, it never, ever ends. But it goes on and on and on and on for all of eternity Total torment, total agony, and righteous judgment for God's wrath for your rebellion and your rejection of His leadership. Never ending. It's not just like throw you in and it's done. Think about Nebuchadnezzar when he took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and he got so mad at them that he, he, he built up his furnace, his fiery furnace. So hot that those people who threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in, they dropped dead when they went to throw them in because it was so hot. Nebuchadnezzar's furnace has nothing in comparison, is nothing in comparison with the fiery wrath of God. And you don't drop dead. There's no annihilation like some will tell you. The soul never dies. Nor does the worm. Nor does the fire. 
nor does the torment, nor does the agony of hell. You see, the evil, those who have rejected Christ, those who have said, God, I don't need you. I'm going to do life my way. They will be gathered up and cast into the fiery furnace where there will be an eternity of weeping and gnashing of teeth. The evil will be separated out to destruction, but the righteous, the righteous to life, to eternal life, that's what he says up there in verse 43 when he's talking about the, the parable of the weeds. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Those who trust in Christ, who give themselves to Christ, they will shine. They will have joy, happiness for all of eternity in God's kingdom because they will possess the pearl of great price. They will possess the, the treasure hidden in the field. It will be theirs. Christ will be theirs for all of eternity. You see, that's the picture that we have. That's what Jesus is painting for us. You can have weeping and gnashing of teeth, or you can have the greatest treasure ever given to man, Jesus Christ. You can have one or the other. Which one will you choose? That's what Jesus is putting before. That's what he put before them, and that's what he's putting before you today. The application. Today I want to give you the application and two questions that I want you to think about. Number one, are you ready for the end of the age? Are you ready for the end of the age? The end of the age that Jesus talked about then. Oh, it's oh so much closer to us today. It is so much closer to us today. When we look at the world around us, we wonder... What hasn't happened yet? It could happen any moment. Dear friend, are you ready for the end of the age? There are many who will look and say, well, Jesus said that 2,000 years ago. And it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. Why worry with it? It must not going to be happening if it hasn't happened yet. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 7 through 10 says, But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise. And as, as, some, as some count slowness, slowness, but is patient toward you. 
not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And then the heavens will pass away and with a roar. And the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. And the earth and the works that are done in it will be exposed. Dear friend, in God's view of things, God who is in eternity, sitting outside of time, it's only been a couple of days since Jesus was there teaching this parable. And just because to us it's been 2,000 years doesn't mean that God is slow in keeping His promises. God has promised the end will come. The end will come. And He will separate out the evil from the righteous. Those who are of the world from those who are in Christ. And He will send those who are of the world into eternal fire and judgment and those who are in Christ into eternal life in His kingdom. Are you ready for that day? Are you ready for the end? Quit worrying about tomorrow. Quit worrying about all your bills, whether they'll be paid or not. Who cares about those things if you don't have eternity figured out? Look to eternity. That's what truly matters. Here's your wake-up call. If the world falls apart tomorrow, nothing else is going to matter. Your reputation is not going to matter. Your bank account's not going to matter. All your material possessions is not going to matter. All that's going to matter is if you know Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? That's it. That's all you need to be concerned with. Do you know Jesus? Are you following Him? Are you ready for the end of the age? Question number two. Will you be counted among the righteous? Will you be counted among the righteous? You may say, dear brother, how, how, do I, how does that happen? How can I know that I'm counted among the righteous? Look at my life. My life's a, a mess. Look at my life. It's filled with sin and rebellion against God. How can I be counted as righteous before God on that day? Paul in Romans chapter 3, there in verse 10, he says, None are righteous, not even one. Paul says, I'm not righteous, you're not righteous, there's no one in the earth other than Jesus Christ who has ever been righteous, not even one. We have all sinned, we have all rebelled against God. We are all worthy of God's wrath for our rebellion. But in verse 21 of Romans chapter 3, he says, but now, dear friend, get this, but now, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophet, prophets, they do bear witness to it. 
the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified. That is, they are made right before God by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation, as an atoning sacrifice by His blood to be received by faith. How are you counted righteous? How am I counted righteous? We're counted righteous through Jesus Christ. Because Jesus, who knew no sin, He came and He became sin on Calvary's cross. He took on our sin and our shame. He took on our guilt. And He received the wrath of His Father there on Calvary's cross for our sin and our guilt and our shame. And He died. He paid the penalty in full. And when He was raised from the dead, it showed that every bit of that penalty was paid in full. And Paul says, if you believe in Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, if you believe He died on the cross for your sin, if you believe He paid the penalty for your sin there in your place on Calvary's cross, if you are in Him, in the passage we read earlier this morning, if you confess Him with your mouth, that is, if you confess Him as Lord over your life, you surrender to the King. You will be saved. How are you counted among the righteous? Not because of anything you ever have done or will do, but it's all because of what Christ did. If you believe in Him, trust in Jesus, then He pours out upon you His righteousness. He covers you with His good deeds, His obedience so that you may be counted out on that day among the righteous and not the wicked. Dear friend, how will you be counted that day? Will you be counted among the wicked for eternal damnation? there's an eternity of weeping and gnashing of teeth? Or will you be counted among the righteous who will shine in God's kingdom for all of eternity? Obtaining the great treasure, Jesus Christ. Dear friend, do you have faith? Today, prepare for the end by latching on to Jesus. Prepare for that day. Prepare for the end by latching on to Jesus. See Him. 
see him. He is the pearl of great price. If you have to sell off everything that you have to obtain Jesus, Jesus is worth it. He is so worth it. Oh, I say with Paul today in Philippians chapter 3, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him not having a righteousness of my own comes from the law that which comes through faith in Christ. Dear friend, do you have faith in Jesus today? See your great treasure. See your pearl of great price. Today, you don't know Jesus. Don't leave here. Don't leave here unprepared. Latch on to Jesus. Trust in Him. He will save you. Oh, Heavenly Father. Oh, Lord, that each one here might be counted among the righteous. But Lord, I know today that there are those here. There are surely those here who, Lord, they have set their mind on the treasures of this world. They have set their mind on the things of this world, the, the things that will rot away, that will rust away, that will one day be burned away. And rejecting you. Oh Lord, today let them see the value of the kingdom. Give them eyes to see, oh Lord, to see Jesus. as the great treasure He is. And forsake everything else to have Jesus. Come today, Lord. Work in hearts, I pray in Christ's name. Amen.